You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Uh, well, good evening, everybody. Um, this is one of our last Wednesdays. We've got one more before we're back to projects. Um, we will still have a service. I'm not sure what that service is going to look like on Wednesday nights, but uh, a handful of us, whoever wants to join, starting in the first Wednesday in April, we're actually going to be doing more projects around the city on Wednesday nights, um, tearing down old busted-up houses, clearing lots, uh, anything that the city needs help with. We're going to be doing those kind of things uh, again on Wednesday like we did um, through, the, through the early summer and fall until we lost our daylight. So, but anyways, we will have services, uh, but that was just a little quick announcement. There'll be two services going on Wednesday nights uh, coming up in April. Um, and with that said, we'll go ahead and get started. Uh, we'll start with prayer. Lord, we just thank you for this evening. We thank you for all that you have for us, um, this unique perspective, unique word that you have anointed for this evening. <clears throat> we just pray that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear um, what, what it is that you have for us, what you're speaking to us. Uh, Lord, we just uh, we thank you for all that you're doing and all that we get to be a part of. Lord, the, the things that we can see and the things that we cannot see. Uh, we love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You also have to excuse me. I, my allergies lose their mind four times a year in sundown Texas, and that's normally when the seasons are about to change. I know when a season is about to hit because I start to sound like this. So spring is coming, if you were wondering. It's going to be here really soon. Um, it's definitely March in West Texas, if you haven't felt it. Uh, it was freezing this morning. It was, we had a haboob two days ago, um, freezing this morning, and then it was sunny and raining just a second ago. So that's, that's March. In West Texas, literally no idea what's going to happen. The weather's just really confused until April, and then it starts to level out. But anyways, <clears throat> so I may cough and clear my throat a little bit, so I'm sorry for those that are on the recording. Steve can't edit that out, so you're just going to have to deal with it tonight. Um, but anyways, this word came in a, a very unique place um, from the Lord uh, when I was, I was thinking about, Shorty and I had just discussed it. If you're not aware, there's a, there's a bond election that's coming up over the, uh, having to do with the school and stuff going on in the city, and, um, which is exciting stuff. And, uh, and, and thinking about that, just normal thinking, thinking about what, what's going on, uh, what, they're, what the bond's for, different things like that. Um, it got me thinking about differences, um, differences of opinion, differences of choices, differences of beliefs, and then thinking of the differences in the body of Christ. So real quick, if you'll turn to Romans 12, we'll start in verse 1. Now this is not, <clears throat> this really, I'm, I'm using the bond election just because it's fresh on my mind and it's what's going on right now. They're having a meeting about it. This has nothing to do with uh, anything political, um, but if you can see in the world around us right now, um, the differences between people is having a significant impact 
some good and some incredibly harmful and bad. Um, so anyways, we're going to start in Romans 12. be in verse 1. So I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. <clears throat> so this, this got me thinking about the differences that we see, especially coming from the Sunday sermon that we had and this last Sunday, thinking about the love of God and how it is only for me just as much as it is only for you. Because I am unique. I will never, Parker Latimer will never exist on this earth again. And I am a, I am a reflection of the Father's heart that will never exist again. And so the love that he has for Parker is different than the love that he has for Shorty. That doesn't mean it's any less or any more. But it is unique to his unique creation. Right? We can even understand that in our in our basic friendships, I love my friends, but I also love them differently. We have different encounters, different circumstances. That doesn't mean anyone is loved more or loved less, but loved differently. Right? Uh, even with children, you love your firstborn in a, just a different way. Not any more than any other kid, but that kid made you a parent. That's a different, unique thing, right? That, those other kids didn't make you a first-time parent. They don't have that. That's unique to your firstborn, right? It's different, not any more or less, but it's unique to that one person because they themselves are unique. Do we see that? And so in thinking about that, the Lord just presented this question about the uniqueness of the love of God, the significance and the difference between each and every one of us. And he just asked this question, how do we thrive in the difference? The world uses difference as a means for division. And we can see that so clearly right now, so very clearly that, uh, that based on my skin color you, and, and the fact that I'm wearing cowboy boots and I drive a truck, you would categorize me as one thing. And they would not like me because of that one thing. But then there's also a group of people that would immediately accept me because of those little differences. And those little things that we have in common. It's, we are cutting it right down the middle, right? But the Lord said he was removing the gray, right? He's removing the gray. So there's just this lack of tolerance for anything that's different than you anymore in the world, right? We used to kind of tolerate it, but now the world is absolutely done with tolerating it. If you're different than me, I hate you. That's the way it is. That's the, that's the measure of the world currently. So if that's the way the world functions, we should know that 
the opposite is true about the kingdom of heaven, right? It's a kingdom paradigm. If we see the world operating one way, we can guarantee and know without a shadow of the doubt, a shadow of doubt that the kingdom functions the exact opposite, totally flipped upside down because the kingdom says, and God says, the Father, the Holy Spirit, the Son of God say that the differences in each and every one of us should be the thing that unites us the most. Right? This hand is different than this hand, both connected to the body. And this hand is grateful that it has this hand. Right? It's really hard to pick heavy stuff up with one hand. It's really hard to hold a board in place while, you, while you're nailing it into a wall with just one hand. This hand's grateful for this hand, but they're polar opposites. I, I'm in a minority. I've got, well, nothing. I mean, we're kind of catching up. I got Rhonda Shorty in here with me, but we're lefties. We're lefties, so we're already in a minority. Oh my gosh, watch out, y'all. Y'all are in trouble. You righties. We're, lefties are taking over at Sundown Church. Um, but there's a difference there, even just between my two hands, but they're grateful for one another. I'm grateful to have both of them. I don't favor one over the other. Besides writing, I'm grateful I've got both. But it's the differences that are uniting. Grateful for the differences. Grateful that there's not a billion, six-something billion people in the world. Grateful they're not six-point billion Parkers. What reflection of God would we see? A very, very small one. If we were all the same. But in the differences, we see the difference we see the grandeur, we see the might and the, the majesty of the Father's heart. It paints a very, very big picture when you're looking at 6.8 billion reflections of God and not one, right? It's the opposite in the kingdom. The kingdom calls for differences to be the thing that unites us. But when we hear an opinion or belief that differs from ours, this is one of the things that the church has adopted, right? It was of the world instead of the church influencing the world, the world influenced the church. We've seen those things over and over and over again. But when we hear an opinion or a belief that differs from our own, where do we go? We immediately go to comparison, whether you think you do or not. Because I would ask you, if you disagree with that person, why do you disagree with that person? Because I can tell you that that person lived a life as deeply complex and intricate as your own. But if you disagree with them, their circumstances were probably a lot different than yours. I mean, let's go to someone that's 30 years old, married with two kids, but they grew up in Seattle and not in Texas on a ranch. Very, very, very different experiences. Very different experiences. Very different opinions about things, right? Very different opinion about things, right? I grew up, I had to put a, a horse down the other day and I grew up hunting and so that kind of made it like a, you just kind of put it in there. It's just one of those things you're kind of used to doing it. Uh, you don't want to do it, but I had that background, right? Someone that grew up in the city and never been hunting a day in their life, maybe only shot a gun a handful of times, then being asked to put down a horse they're supposed to love and raise. It's an impossible thing. But circumstances uh, proved an outcome, Right? Very, very different people can do very, very different things, have the capability for very, very different things. It's, 
So the thing is that I see so often is when we disagree with someone, it's because we disagree because we're comparing them to the circumstances that we've walked through, the things that we've encountered, and we're comparing them, trying to get them to fit into that box. They can't do it because they're not you. You are the only you. And you have experienced unique and incredibly significant things in your life that they have not. That's just the way of it. If I had been a farmer, and Shorty was a farmer, we're still going to have a lot of different circumstances. There's no way around it. I mean, you know that. You had friends of farmers that were doing it at the same time, very different circumstances, because they're very different people. So we go to comparison when oftentimes when we disagree, and in that we see not the heart of God, but the heart of the world. Because what that does is begin to divide, right? When have you ever compared someone or they compared you and you felt more united to them? It's not going to happen. Comparison is a divisive act. It's not of the heart of God. So if his love, again, is only for me and only for you, this complete, un- completely unique thing in every aspect, because so are you, there's only one of you and only one of me, How can I judge the differences of one also walking in the will of God and pursuing his heart? So I ask that again. If if we're both pursuing the heart of God, but we've lived very different lives, how can I judge anything that you believe in that maybe I'm not there yet if I know that you are walking with the heart of God? Right? I mean, take my our worship pastor. Very different life. Very different life. Seen a lot of different things. Lived in Portland. I've never been to Portland. He lives there. He knows what life is like. He knows the, the thinking around people that live there. I don't understand it. I've never encountered people from there. Or maybe I have. I don't know that I have. And even that, different opinions. Different beliefs about some things. And I really, I want to be careful with that word opinion. Because it's no longer I who live, but Christ in me. Right? And so opinions, if you want to make a decision and you want to understand how to make a decision, look at Romans 12, uh, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. That'll help you make decisions. Let that be the formula in which you make those decisions. So anyways, we can have, we can have disagreements. We can see things differently. But what we don't do, what we don't listen for is the heart of God in each one of us. We just hear the difference. And we immediately allow the world's view of differences in. We invite that in. But what we're supposed to invite in is the heart of God in the matter. So real quick, I just want us to read what, uh, what, we, what we see as the instruction on, on uh, the differences between one another. So Romans 14, we're going to read uh, the whole chapter. It's 23 verses. Uh, bear with me. But I mean, the title, I don't know if your, your passages in Scripture have titles above them, but this one says, Do not pass judgment on one another. Pretty, Pretty basic, too. That's been lost, has it not? Completely lost. Because, again, you can leave... If I, I, I mean, I go to Houston and I, I grew up in Houston and I hate going back. I hate it because I'm walking around cowboy boots and everybody looking at me like, 
Here, let this redneck in here. It's like, I grew up here. What is this? So even in places that we're familiar with, uh, there's, there's a difference and there's, there's judgment. And, and, and we're looked at differently uh, just because of the way we dress or the skin color that we have or uh, the way we talk or the, the profession that we have. Immediately, we lump people into categories, right? So anyways, Romans 14, verse 1. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him. But do not quarrel over opinions. But do not quarrel over opinions. Boom, done. Should be a title of a book. But do not quarrel over opinions, and the rest of the book should be empty. That's it. You've learned all you need to learn. Just take that, own it, accept it, receive it, and go on. Do not quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat something, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains. Let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls. He will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another. Another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day, observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God. While the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord, and he gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. Again, it's no longer I who live, but Christ in me. If you say you're a Christian, you can't argue with that fact. And if anything in your life reflects otherwise, that it is no longer I who live but Christ in me, you've got an issue that needs to be corrected because that is the standard. For if we live, again, verse 8, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or a hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love by what you eat. Do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So, not, so do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by man. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual a building. Do not for the sake of food destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. The faith that you have keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one 
who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats, because he is eating not from faith. For whatever does proceed, for whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. So we do a bad job. We do a really bad job of allowing the spirit in me to connect with the spirit in you. Right? Jay taught us this two weeks ago. If you haven't heard his sermon two weeks ago, go listen. It's on our website. Who is the Holy Spirit? He is the shared heart between the Father and the Son. He is the bridge builder. God said it very clearly, very early on, uh, well, kind of midway through 2020, that we would be bridge builders, that we would not find ourselves on one side of the road or on the other, but we would be found in the middle constructing the bridge, connecting the two. That's the Holy Spirit. He is the shared heart of the Father and of the Son. He connects the two. He is the bridge builder. We've been called to walk with the bridge builder. He is always connecting the two. So what would happen if we allowed him to connect the two, not just in me, but in us? What would happen if we not only allowed him to connect the the heart of the Father and the heart of the Son in me, but then I also allowed the Spirit of God to connect the heart of the Father and the heart of the Son in you and then connect us together in that. The Spirit of God is a bridge builder and that's the beautiful thing about the body of Christ because when we operate in fellowship first with the Spirit of God, we will automatically operate in fellowship with one another and it will create such an intricate and and mind-boggling, unknowing, unfathomable network of the body of Christ that will operate in such unity, it will be astounding and mysterious and unknowable. Right? We see it immediately in Acts 2. Immediately. There's no pastor leading the charge. There's no fundraiser. But all of a sudden, you see thousands of people immediately respond in the same way devoting themselves to one another, devoting themselves to fellowship, devoting themselves to a specific act of obedience with selling their possessions and their belongings and then taking that money and giving that money to anybody in need. And they did it. And they broke their bread each and every day with glad and generous hearts. And they were non-existent just a short time before, but they get the Holy Spirit the day of Pentecost in Acts 2, verse 2, the Holy Spirit enters the picture. Peter delivers a message like never delivered and thousands of people immediately are saved. The church of God is born. The church of Christ exists and immediately we see obedience like we've never seen it before, but not because one man is leading the charge because thousands are filled with the Spirit of God and they are connected. That is what the Spirit is to do. So could you imagine what it would look like if we would just let him do it? Instead of adopting what the world says we are to do when we have differences of opinion. Because Randy taught me one thing. Uh, he taught me many things. He didn't just teach me one thing. He taught me an abundance of things. But one of the things that he taught me in my early days um, as youth pastor, I'm, I'm trying to figure out my way. First job in ministry um, and uh, also didn't want to be here. So there was that issue. Um, that the Lord had to correct. And in, in those early days, in some of the conversations I would have just trying to get to know the people in Sundown, um, would get a lot of recommendations on how I should go about doing this ministry. Um, and I was 
very arrogant and thought, no, I'm not doing what you say because that's not what the Lord has given me to do. Like the Lord couldn't speak through them. And that's what Randy corrected. He said, you may be able to dismiss most of what they say, but you need to have eyes to see and ears to hear where the heart of God is in those statements, even if they're coming from a place of judgment and condemnation. There may be a word in there that is of God that he wants to use. He wants to draw your attention to real quick. Not the condemnation, not the conviction, because that's not who he is. That's not how he operates. But maybe there's something in there that he needs you to latch onto because something in there was right. And it's listening for the heart of God in these matters, even when we differ in opinions. But where is the heart of God in it? If I can see it, then we can be united in it. And even if there's, it's like, no, we're just not going to get there. My dad does not like hunting. Doesn't like it. But my dad walks with the Lord. He's, he's not sitting there like with protest signs or anything every time I put on my camo and go out to go hunt. He doesn't like it. He doesn't enjoy it. It's not his thing. He's got a very different opinion on it. But I can see the heart of God in him because he's also called Barnabas. He is tenderness. That's just not anything that he could ever latch onto to do. It's just not him. But there were hunters and gatherers from the beginning of time. So not everybody's supposed to be cool with just going out and getting a deer. And that's fine because I can see the heart of God in him. And I don't all of a sudden hold him, oh, he's anti-hunting. Bad guy. But we dismiss so quickly because we see a difference in opinion. We don't give the Spirit of God the opportunity to build a bridge that he is built. That is what, that is his function. To his very core is building bridges. And the first one he builds is between the Father's heart and the Son's heart. And we get to experience that not just externally, we get to experience that internally. And then externally, we get to see it happen when I connect with that spirit in you that's also connected the Father and the Son's heart. We know this. I know some of you know this where you've met a total stranger, but your spirit has recognized the spirit in them. And instantly you were connected. Instantly you were connected. It was like instantly you would die for that person. You know nothing about them, but you know the spirit of God dwells in them and they know the spirit of God dwells in you. And in that place, I would ask, did it matter what their opinions were? Nope. Didn't care. Was irrelevant information. Because I knew the Spirit of God had just connected with the Spirit of God in me. So imagine if we allowed him to do that freely. Freely. Freely allowed him to do that. We would thrive together in our difference. And while the world falls apart because of their differences, we would thrive. And that is the mystery, right? And that is what the Lord has said he is doing again in his people. He is reestablishing the mystery in the people of God. So we're kind of going through this. The Lord is bringing us through this checklist of things that he's wanting to tweak in us. And we have found ourselves at the next thing, that we would be a people that thrive in difference that we would thrive in the difference because we are different and praise God, we are different. I love it because I get to see a picture of the Father's heart that I would not see if you did not exist, right? 
I mean, just think about that from a parenting perspective. It's so easy to, to go to that because he's our father and he looks at us in the same way. But I look at my kids and I see a different, I see a, not a different, I see an expansion of the father's heart that I had never seen before, ever. I see possibilities of who God is that I had never seen before because I didn't have kids. But I'm telling you, the second I got Liam in my arms, I saw God very differently. I understood, understood God very differently. And it was the same with Kai, right? So we get to experience that when we allow him to lead us in it. So that is my challenge. We're going to probably end up, because this is a very big topic, um, we're going to probably end up touching on this again on Sunday. The Lord's not done with it. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited about it because I can't wait to see what it looks like to thrive in our differences. I don't think I've ever seen it. And I, I'm excited that the Lord has said, I want to do it here. I praise God for that. I'm excited for that. So anyways, we'll probably hear some more of this on Sunday, but allow the Spirit of God to not only connect the Father and the Son's heart in you, because anything we desire to see corporately must first happen individually. So let Him connect the Father and the Son's heart in you. Allow the Spirit of God to fully be the Spirit of God in you and then allow Him to give you eyes to see and ears to hear, to be on the lookout, to to be listening for where the Spirit of God is in others. That we could then see this connection. We could see this network of the body of Christ begin to form that is just mind-boggling and astounding. Sound good? Well, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this word that you're building, that you're bringing. You are good. You are worthy of our praise and our honor, and we love you. We thank you that you are always ready to do a new thing. You are always ready to bring us back to things that we've missed. Always ready to, even things that we have gone over time and time again, you're always willing to bring us back to give us another, another piece of the puzzle. So we just thank you for your patience. We thank you for your love and your kindness. We thank you for the genius in creating the body of Christ. Lord, we've only scratched the surface. And uh, Lord, we want to see more. We want to see the fullness of what you've intended the body of Christ to be. We want to walk in the fullness of identity as the body of Christ. So I pray that that would start here. As it already has, I believe it already has. But Lord, we pray that you would continue to expand it in a way the world has never seen. Let it be here. Because there are people that fill this house and a people that fill this community of West Texas with a heart that say yes and amen to what you have. We love you. We praise you. We give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.